Welcome to Career Tools. This week, What Your Resume Says, Chapter 4. Wendy and I take apart some sent-in resumes, which we've anonymized to protect the innocent. Here we go. Okay, so how many resumes this week? Uh, just two. Just two. And, and just to follow up your comment there, somebody <laughs> wrote to me and, or wrote somewhere publicly um, that we were mean because we tore apart some resumes undeservedly, you know, of some innocent people. Just to make it clear, everybody whose resume we have taken apart volunteered to send it to, and knew that this is what we were going to do. And what they wanted us to do was take it apart to make it better. Exactly, we were very clear that that's what we were going to do. And we anonymized it. We told them we would anonymize it so no one would have to know if they didn't wish for anyone to know whose resume it was. And i got to tell you, I I admire them for doing it. Absolutely, and And thank them because we're doing it so that other people understand the mistakes that are being exactly. made. And we will be posting, these, these resumes will. will be posted for people to be able to see. Is yes, that right? Yeah, right. so they can look at the resume. If, folks, if you haven't gone to the website and looked, whether you're a subscriber, whether you're a member or licensee yeah, or not, the, it's available right. for everyone. So you can look at the resume if you'd rather wait and download the resume, print them out and look at them as we talk about them. That's certainly fine. We'd be certainly understand that. Um, so make that decision and then hopefully you'll come back to us and, uh, and listen in. I recently wrote in Things I Think I Think that I'm amazed at some of the young people's resumes that I see. And then I discovered recently in talking to the person who forwarded this young person's resume to me, this person says, my gosh, I, I can't believe how bad my resume is. This is what the school taught me. And then, then she went on to say, actually, I went to a class about resumes. Mm-hmm. And she had an objective, and she had horizontal lines, and she had 20 different skills and abilities, and she had a list of jobs, and then down at the bottom, things she had done, none of which related necessarily <laughs> to any of the jobs. And, and it's not just schools. It's if you know if if the first thing you do is Google resume template. These the two that we're looking at today. I, oh, really? I bet you could find a resume template on the web that looks just like these. Because I, I thought there was a rule that if it was on the internet, it was true. <laughs> I think there, I saw it commercial. It is true. You're is right. True. Yeah, but it's so not very effective for it's resumes. It's not very effective for resumes. All right. So, uh, so the first one is Matthew. Matthew Fordwick. Fordwick. Okay. Again, we anonymized this with them. Um, Names from the Waltons. Right. So um, Matthew's resume is two pages. Well, it's actually two, one page and a two-thirds of a page. Right. Um, and it has curriculum vitae written at the top in about Gigantic. half an inch. 20, 20, no, 48-point type? I would think so. With a blue background. With a blue background. And then, it, and then his name and address were, were written as if they were going to be written on an envelope or, or at the top of a letter rather than on one line. So his address actually takes nine lines. Yeah, what I used to do with resumes like this is I literally rip them apart. I unstaple them. Mm-hmm. I never look at the second page, but in this case I do just to say, if I get rid of all that stuff and I fold over the admin stuff at the yeah. top, and then I fold over the bottom stuff, and then I fold over the curriculum vitae, which clearly is on page two as well with the big type and the blue background, and I hold it up together with one, next to one another, it would it's, fit within on a, one page. It's, it's within a half an inch of fitting on Amazing. one Amazing. Amazing. So actually, Matthew thinks maybe that we're fooled into thinking he has much more experience because he has two pages. Right. And actually, we're not. We know it's one page. We just, you know, we can work that out for ourselves. The next part of his resume is a personal profile and a career objective. So that's another, I don't know, two inches of the page, which is completely worthless. Yeah. Guys, 
You can't put a personal profile on there. That is a synopsis of a synopsis. And when I say of a synopsis, I mean of your resume. Your life is too much to fit into one page. We understand that. So therefore, the one page is a synopsis. And the standard is it has to fit on one page unless you're a very senior executive with significant responsibilities, in which case you can go two and three and even four pages in some cases. But it makes no sense to have a synopsis on what... It's like having an executive summary of one line in front of an executive summary of one paragraph. It just makes no sense. We know that there's not enough room, but to take some of the room... In fact, now that if I fold it over and I get rid of personal profile... And it's career objectives, it's actually, no, you're kidding. It absolutely is less than a page. This. Oh, dear me. Look at that. Dear, dear me. And, and that's even considering that he's got big margins on both yeah. sides. Gigantic margins, inch and a half, something and like that. And he's been working since 1985. Yeah. So, so there's no reason for him to have a limited amount of experience. Right. The, the next thing that occurs to me is like, why isn't it longer? Yeah, or why okay. isn't it fuller? Now, now, here's what he would probably say. Mark, Wendy, I want somebody to know in the first five seconds that they look at my resume that I'm an Asia-centric general manager who speaks Mandarin. I'm people-focused. I'm technically solid. I have a high visibility, strategic roles, and so on. Right? Yeah. That's what he would say. Yeah. I want to hear what you would say in response to that, okay. to Matthew. I can tell that yeah. in five seconds from looking at your job titles exactly. and where you've worked. Exactly. You know, if you, his last one, two, two jobs were in Shanghai. The one before that was in Busan. And before that, he was in Shanghai. And then before that, he was all over the place. So I can tell he's a global manager. He's, and I, you can a, tell he's Asia-centric. Yeah, you know, international. Right. Um, people-focused. You can't prove that you're people-focused on right. a resume. So save it for, for the um, interview because that's when you can give examples which show that you are people-focused. What I found interesting is that he said his career objective is, I aim to leverage. Let, let, let's compare people-focused with the next sentence. I aim to leverage my extensive marine technical project experience and decision-making skills against business opportunities in Asia. Okay? No people there. I will grow the regional operations, sales, profits, production production uh, or customer base of a world-class product and or service provider. No people there. No people there. So apparently not really people-focused, just wants us to think <laughs> no. he's people-focused. And, and the really interesting thing about that is, or another interesting thing about that is, um, he talks about growing regional operations and growing business opportunities, and then when you go down to his accomplishments, he ha- he. He does not prove that he has ever done any of those things. He is aim. He says, I aim well, I aim to get right. up in the morning and be a nice person, but I don't always achieve it. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. <laughs> but, but I aim, all sorts of people right. aim to do all sorts of things, but the point yeah. of the resume is to prove it. Yeah, now we're being unfair to Matthew a little bit in that we're overstressing two areas, personal profile and career objective, which we would literally skip. skip. Yeah, I would We would agree. skip. So, folks, we're telling you don't put them on there. And then we're pointing out even further that not only wouldn't we look at them, if we somehow stupidly did, we would find reasons not to like them even further. And at this point, you're, you've dug a hole so deep, there's no way out of this hole no. within 15 seconds. You've told me things I don't like. You've taken space I don't want you to take. And you've also told me things that then contradict what I would normally read, which is what did you do and how well did you do it? Which is the first one is down halfway down the first page. Exactly. Okay. So the, the first one, uh, if we look at his actual jobs, there's... there's the GM really, job. Yeah, yeah. There's one line of... Um, it's not even really a line of... Um, uh, responsibilities and then underneath headline activities, which yeah. again seem to be 
responsibilities or at least their activities. Their bullets, which are confusing because he has later bullets as both responsibilities and as significant wins. And then later he calls some of his bullets responsibilities and then he calls other than one year achievements and then typical responsibilities and then somehow experiences literally guys but bullets mean something is the same anytime i see a bullet it should be the same thing and the the, the language the lingua franca of resumes is a bullet is an accomplishment yeah right yeah. it can't be an activity a responsibility a win an achievement a responsibility a responsibility a target <laughs> Or it's, notable achievement. It it's can't. almost as if he went through the Theosaurus trying to find different yes. ways to describe exactly. the same thing, yeah. which is completely unnecessary. And for you Americans, what Wendy just said is thesaurus, not theosaurus. I'm sorry. Okay, that's okay. No, it's quite all right. Um, okay. Then about his second rule bothered me because it, he, he had this, the second rule down. He had it for four years. But he only had one accomplishment that was related to cost or uh, or revenue. Um, he reviewed WIP, which I assume is work in progress, but it may not be. Um, initiated action to manage worst performing projects. Estimated 4 million euros recovered. Again, I, I don't know. I think he's saying I saved the company 4, 4 million, million euros, euros. But it's not but clear. It's not clear. Uh, he- and then he raised awareness of ROI. Which is just, I went into a room and I said, hey, everybody, think about ROI. (laughs) Yeah, which is not fair. It's not fair, but you've got to think about what could the most cynical person in the world make of these words? And And recruiters are the most cynical. After seven and a half, almost eight years of of doing manager tools and career tools, that I deserve a chance at being the most cynical person in the world? Don't you think? (laughs) There are people who really don't like me at all. So I'll take the title and... And if you give me your resume, if I'm your friend, I'll tell you that's not good. And in fact, this young person says, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it was that bad. But now when I'm reading the guidance, it makes complete sense to me. Of course, that's what you want. If I'm good at my job, that's what I'd want to tell you. Yes. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so be careful with... Yeah, and accomplishments that don't have cost and revenue, especially in when you're in roles like these are management and quality assurance and project manager roles, which are so easy to quantify. And right. if you don't, it just looks like you didn't do a good job and you can't say it. When you're a general manager and you say that you're supposed to deliver profitable projects and your achievement is in two years, client penetration and acquisition plans the top seven shipyards and then introduce planning to operations in China. I literally think I'm really tired. I'll have to look at this resume in the morning. Because <laughs> it's not making sense. Because it's literally not making sense to me. I, I can't I can't imagine somebody's a GM and then says that. I mean I can't. Yeah. And then he falls into the trap of um so many resumes that we see that there is a line where he's got project management and service delivery Uh, responsibilities and he has two p's at the beginning of project it's a bit like a welsh word and and we've said this before and we'll say it again probably your resume is supposed to be an example of your best work if you haven't checked it we think that you don't check any of your work we think your best work doesn't meet our minimum standards exactly and our minimum standards includes grammatically correct spelling correct format correct and so on exactly yeah when i think about how many hours people spend on powerpoints getting them just right and adjusting line spacing and so on and one PowerPoint out of 100 in a year, and, and, and your resume is your best work? No. Yeah. Yeah. So 
the second page, he doesn't have... He's taken off the months. He started with months, which is good, but he doesn't have the months and the years. And at this point, I, I probably wouldn't Too many even... Strikes. Yeah, I probably wouldn't even get to the education because right now, he, yeah. he has said nothing that's impressed me. Yeah. And, you know, I'll go back to something I've said before, and I'm sure it's old news, and I'm sorry. The things that go without saying sometimes bear repeating, guys, and... You don't need to tell us what document you're giving us by putting curriculum vitae in 72-point type, whatever it is on the top of the page. The metadata of your resume says this is a resume or this is a CV. Taking up space is monumentally it's, wrong. It's just, it just says I need to put stuff space. here to take up space. space. Yeah. I don't have anything real to say, so I'm just making yeah. stuff up. Good. Okay. Poor Matthew. So he's in, he's in the trash can. Matthew, whomever you are, we love you, and we're trying to help. And please don't take it personally. Uh, Wendy and I talk about this regularly, that we dread these uh, sessions. And we also believe they're for the best. And we anonymize them so people can learn. And please, if you disagree with us, let us know. Write an email, service at manager-tools.com. Let us know how you feel. Um, we, are, we are doing out loud what we do when we look at resumes. We feel like um, this is inside baseball. Exactly. This is what you want to know. I wrote in things I think I think this week. I think it comes out tomorrow or the next day. I said, one of my favorite articles in Sports Illustrated ever is a pitch-by-pitch analysis of Oral Hershiser winning a very important game for the Dodgers in 1988 when they won the World Series. Yeah, the year they won the World Series. The one with Kirk Gibson where we beat the Oakland A's. Yeah, that year. And it was brilliant. It was detailed way behind the scenes about why the pitcher, why the catcher called the pitch and why the pitcher pitched it and where it was and whether it was successful or not. And I said in my note that I wanted that for an NFL quarterback because everybody says the NFL quarterback job is so hard. I want somebody to walk through every play. Why did they choose that? How does he know where the cor- cornerbacks and the safety are going to be? I don't understand it. I, I, it's like CEO level stuff. And we're trying to give you how we see your resume so you guys don't make the same mistakes that we did. So we love you, Matthew. Um, and Matthew, if you want to send us another version, yeah, we'll send look us to customer Absolutely. service and we'll try and help you. Yeah. Good. Okay. Next okay. one is Rosemary for Rosemary, which I, who I think in the show was married to Matthew. One, one might assume such a thing. Uh, indeed. Yes. I think she's married. Okay. So Rosemary's resume is three pages long. Three pages. Three pages. And, and by the way, when you get a long resume like this, don't you, you, you make an assumption that the last page at the bottom will be education, right? Yeah. And, and don't you immediately look to see when they went to school, and so therefore how long a career they have. And I'm thinking, okay, Rosemary went to school and graduated in 1965, and she's had a 40-year career or whatever. Yeah, right? and actually, and unfortunately, actually oh, she hasn't put dear. the date on, so we can't oh, tell, dear. but the earliest... She's job... left the date of her degree off. Yeah. In other words, she's afraid that she will we'll discriminate against her because of her age. Indeed. And we're not going to discriminate against her because of her age, because that's illegal. We're just going to think she's not very smart. Yeah, and the, the thing about discriminating against age is... If you shorten your resume in order to make us think you're younger, and then you come into the interview, most people can guess most people's ages within, within five, five. Year, five years. Five. Yep. And so you come in, we're expecting a 25-year-old, and you come in and you're 50. That doesn't give us a better impression of right. you. Like We just think, okay, you were trying to pull the wool over our eyes. Yeah. What else were you trying yeah. to pull out? What, what else is false? Yeah. That what is the is worst advice I see on the internet and it drives me nuts. So. Yeah. You don't want to be discriminated against, so therefore lie a little bit. Yeah. It's not that much and we'll understand, wink, wink. No, we won't understand. Mm-hmm. We expect you to be an ethical professional who achieves good results. Exactly. 
So if we go back to the beginning, um, so Rosemary's got... Mm. She doesn't start her experience until halfway down the first page. So she's got to pay a paragraph of summary, which, again, we're not going to read because we're not interested. Well, she has a lovely title, Solution and Delivery Director. Yeah. As, as, I assume what that is is a descriptive title that yeah, she uses to describe her general experience and skills. Yes. Of course, if I, I had... I have no idea what a Solution and Delivery Director <laughs> is. No. And if I wanted something... Very specific, but wasn't a solution and delivery director. I would have, I would have just got rid of her yep. resume. So, so if you write something that's really specific, then you're ruling out other things that you could be doing. And below that su- summary, strategic IT leader, 15 years of proven management and performance in retail. I think the single most overused uh, adverb in, um, in summaries is proven. Yes. I think you're right. As opposed to just management experience. I don't know what proven is. I, I can prove that I was a manager, yeah. right? Yeah, in, so, in which case, prove it in your accomplishments. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Doesn't make any sense. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for what you did and how well you did it. What you did and how well you did it. What you did and how well you did it. Over and over and over again. That, really, guys, that's what we want. Yeah. Okay? And then there's knowledge domains. Yes. Which, is, which sort of harkens back to the years when... In the 80s, resumes started becoming more technical and you had to list all your stuff because there was scanning software and wanted to make sure that you had all the things, the DB2 and the win this and the mod that and the C++ <laughs> this and so on. And the middleware and all that Oh, yes, and firmware, and, yes. Yeah. Mid-range and mid, yeah, yeah. the whole deal. Um, if you describe your accomplishments... You have to, a lot of the time, include these words. So if right. the reason that you're including them is to make the words come up in the search engine, which is generally the the advice that I see, you don't need to do it because, you know, you don't need to put project manager at the top right. of your role because somewhere in your job title, it'll say project management. Yeah. And that or will that come you up. manage projects, even if that wasn't your title. Exactly. By the same token, for those of you who are saying, well, I didn't know the search engine existed. I was just told I need to list all my technical stuff. List it in line with the, in, in, in the context of the thing you were doing. Exactly. And frankly, even if you left a few of them out, we can tell yeah. based on where, who, where you were working, working what, you were what, doing. what infrastructure you were working in, what hardware, what software. We can make some generalized guesses, and we can decide to have a half-hour phone screen with you. And if you blow us away, we might even give you a face-to-face. Even if you don't have exactly what we want, we just like you immensely and you're sharp as a tack. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have it, and, and you're trying to hide that, you certainly wouldn't want to put a summary on there. So, no, or knowledge exactly. domains. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, she's got Oracle and, and SAS, Oracle and SAS, which are huge systems, which yeah. many people just implement parts of. Yeah. So if you don't know, if you don't put the context there, it's like, well, I still don't know what you were doing. Yeah. So. Right. And we then, have hundreds of niche SAS people, but I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Maybe not be you. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. Not and helpful. which version were you yeah. using and what were you doing and which part of the project lifecycle yeah. were you doing? And I need to know all of that to, for that to be helpful. So finally... I wouldn't know. First of all, we do management competencies, which are about as useful as the data management in her knowledge domains. Again, they don't tell us how she was doing it, what, who she was doing it with, why she was doing it. Right. And then finally, we get to the jobs. Yep. Um, and the first thing she does is describe the company. She takes two lines to describe the company she worked for and give us a link so we can go look it up on the internet. <laughs> Have Which, you ever clicked on a link in a resume that's been sent to you? Ever? No, no, because I always print them out. Right. 
because I want to write notes on them. Yes, so and I want to read them in the cab, and yeah. I want to read them in my hotel room while I'm traveling. Exactly. And I want to call my assistant and say, here's the person I want to interview. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, no. No. So don't do links, and I also don't spend, oh, I would not spend time telling, don't tell me about the company you worked for, tell me what you did there. And how well you, you did, did it. it. Exactly. Yes. It's just a, another waste of space. Um, and then she has a very long responsibility. Ten lines. Ten lines of responsibility. Yeah. In it, she does have... Some good um, data. Yeah, some good data. How many people yeah. she's working for, what, she, what her budget is. Yeah. Um, what I kind like of this you, line. Manage over 15 portfolio and project managers with average portfolio of over 30 projects. I could word it a little bit differently to save a few lines, but still, I like that. Single and multi-year with average budget over $35 million annually. Well, I'll tell you what. That's a great line. It is. I, if that line were closer to the top, there's an old saying. I'm sure I've told this joke before. The, the experienced programming manager turns to the new programmer and says, I like this code you wrote. There's only one problem with it. Hey, says, what's the problem with it, sir? He says, with the ending. He says, what's wrong? It's too far from the beginning. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that line is like, wow, okay. If I stumble on that line magically, I might say, oh, I'll give this person 30 more seconds. Yeah. But I'm not going to stumble on it no, because it's eight-point type and it's two-thirds. It's three-four. It's eight-tenths of the eighty percent of the way down the page. Yeah, yeah. And and I think she's tried to put too much in that paragraph. Yes. And she could pare it down. And if you put too much in that paragraph, it just proves that you can't communicate succinctly. And that right. is another thing that we want: good yep. people communicate succinctly. Yep. Um, and again, she also has accomplishments, which have no quantification so she said establish a delivery organization capable of managing complex portfolio yeah. projects whether they do it well or not is important but by gosh we're going to establish that thing <laughs> yeah. yeah how big is it establish project standards and measures good but we don't know how well those standards and yeah. measures were and, ever met and, and what establish means write them down on a piece of paper right right or have them in your own head. And even if we're going to be less cynical than that, we say we give you credit for actually staffing them and getting them approved and everything else. Don't really care if, in fact, the organization didn't meet them because there's inertia or the director just cracked the whip and all the standards were really just pieces of paper in order to get you to pass a Baldrige Award or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just silly. Okay. So um, the one thing I noticed was there's no consistency in her verb tense. So some of her paragraphs have... Established, as in the past tense. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And some of it is present tense. And if your your current job responsibilities can be in the present tense, if you're still in that job, everything else has to be in the past, past tense, tense because you did it. Right. It's done. If it right. wasn't done, it wouldn't be on yeah. your resume. When you list a key project or achievement as established portfolio governance process to align business objectives, and department initiatives, first of all, that is jargon city right there. <laughs> but when I read that, I think that's, an, that's a responsibility. It, her boss said, please establish portfolio governance. If she said established, two words, two letters, yeah. two letters, I would say she actually did do it. Yes. Okay. Now, again, I wouldn't really care that much because I'd like to know how well governance led to improved project success or mm-hmm. reduced budget or increased revenue. But Stopped audit coming here. after you, all those things. And in fact, I admit, when I see 10 or 12 bullets in very small type, interestingly enough, indented way to the right. And then which, on multiple lines. And then on multiple lines, which you could have avoided by simply not indenting it as much, and then it would have been a shorter resume, but it would never gotten to one page. I, I immediately get uh, pay attention to the spaces that are unusual, which are the ones around the numbers. Uh-huh. Without even trying, after 25 years of looking at resumes, I am finding numbers. That's what I do. 
established some accounting quarter close calendar, thereby enabling business groups to close four days earlier, resulting potential savings of $2.5 million annually. Several from the fact is grammatically incorrect, and I'm not exactly sure. I think it says established BI slash, but it's a pipe. It's not a slash, which I don't think of as being grammatically correct in a resume. I'm... Potential savings of $2.5 million annually over two years. I would think either those have been recognized or they haven't. So and I guess they didn't. <laughs> yes. Um, and and yeah. the next one, though, does say resulting in a savings of over $7 million per year in hardware and resource time. That's a good one, but it's buried eight lines down. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's This resume, actually, I think she does have some good experience. I, I, I agree. And she is business-oriented. She's customer revenue-oriented. I like that. I agree. Um it's just too hard to but read. But literally, if a if hundred of us were in a room, how many of us? Let's assume that she's good and there's some randomness there that a couple of us take an extra few moments. We know the company. We happen to know that particular company and we think, boy, good company, only hire good people. So I spend an extra moment on that resume. If somebody has IBM on the resume, you used to work at IBM at Brock & Gamble, you know, you get, you, those resumes get an extra second. So if I knew these, the, these companies, I might say... Okay, I'll give her an extra second. Out of the hundred, knowing what we know about, about resume reviewers, whether they be recruiters or managers or executives or hiring managers or HR people or whatever, what percentage of them would actually say what you and I just said in enough time to keep it from going on the dead pile? What do you think? What does your gut tell you? I don't think it it's, would. It's I don't think it would make it's, it's it. Five. Yeah, it, it's it is. five percent. But, but it's not zero. It's not zero. There are some numbers in here that yeah. I like. Yeah. I, let's be honest. Yeah. And I think if you took a lot, a lot of the stuff, you might actually have something. And if I had six hours to sit down next to this person, I was going to say her. I don't know if it's her. <laughs> Your name is Rosemary. You know, I might be able to call a one-page resume that really sings. It might not be a hundred percent, but it might be ninety percent. And that might be enough. Yeah. But we just got a lot of data here. Um, yeah. And again, the succinctness thing significantly works against you. Yeah. yeah. You've got to be able to communicate succinctly. Yeah. And if you've got a three-page resume, you probably can't. Yeah. Some of the stuff, too, she didn't really have proof. She said no. she established stuff. But, yeah. Uh, but there's no measure of whether that thing was established no. or whether it worked or whether there was an outcome. Well, that, I mean, it says me. on the last page, built collaborative cross-functional teams. Well, if you... If you built a team that was effective, it did things in yeah. time, yeah. faster. Yeah, a team that is effective actually achieves things. achieves things. And that's what we want to hear about, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. those kind of things. And then her very last jobs, she's just put the years. So we don't really know what she did. And, and then the other thing that I don't think people will realize is it's, even for very senior people, it's interesting to see where they came from. So if you're looking for a very senior I know, VP of an engineering division. Right. Somebody who runs an engineering division is actually a business manager. They need to right. run a business. But it's helpful if they came from an engineering background. Right. Because then they can talk to the people in their division more easily. Yep. It's not essential, but it's one of the things I always look for. So even though you have 20 years, 40 years of experience, however long of experience you've got, you've got to give some detail about your very earliest roles so that we yep. can fit you know, a mental paradigm and go, I mean, if you, if we're looking for an engineering guy and you're an engineering guy, you just got an extra point. Right. Whereas Rosemary's missed a point because she hasn't given enough information. There's also some very unusual spacing, like (laughs) on the third page with like three carriage returns between the job description and key projects and achievements. It's, 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 it's a random sort of error. It's a very, if you look at the resume, just like if you, if you, 
go back a foot and a half and you right. look at it from a distance, it's very disjointed. It doesn't and, and fly. That bothers me on a technical resume. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I say to myself, oof, so far down in the weeds. And of course, the sickness is so far down in the weeds, cannot see that what she's saying to the group she's presenting to in the meeting that I predict, I'm trying to project you into a job at my company. And I'm thinking, wow, she's going to defend bullet five on slide 87 when in fact they've already told her we won't give you budget yeah. and, and irritate people enough that they're going to say, no matter what, don't promote her mm-hmm. for all the wrong reasons because yeah. of some stuff that she could have avoided. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to me, this is one of the ones that I say, dang it. Yeah. Because with some work, it could be absolutely I abs- fantastic. I absolutely feel for yeah. her because yeah. I feel like she has really good experience and she's probably a really good manager and she's been promoted. She's in a pretty senior role. She may not be right for my company or a different company, you know, certain companies may not be right for a fast paced company where standards can be a little bit loosey goosey. She might be great for a company that prizes engineering over all else. Mm-hmm. May, may, might be great. Mm-hmm. Might be great for a company that really prides itself on its capability maturity model level five uh, um, um, software development, right? Could absolutely be that. But she's absolutely one of the people that we're doing these casts for because I feel like in all innocence, she is doing herself a disservice. Right, right. And this is one of those cases where, as I've told people before, the single biggest problem in the world is not hunger, it's not famine, it's not poverty. Of course, if, if you're in those cases, then certainly I apologize for saying so. The problem with the world is the gap between what we're all doing and what we're capable of doing. If we were all achieving our capabilities, there wouldn't be any hunger, there wouldn't be any poverty, there wouldn't be any famine. And, and this is a case where, for the want of a nail, the kingdom is lost, exactly. right? I mean, literally, this person could be great. And, and it breaks my heart. And I admit it, guys, call me names if you want, but I'm not going to lie to you on these casts. I admit it. It would go in the dead pile. Yeah. And and lost opportunity. It is. Potentially. It is. And, yeah. that, and that's why we do this. And this is a good place to remind everybody. And suddenly, your relationship with somebody makes an enormous difference. Your network. And when they say, don't worry about my buddy's resume. This guy is awesome. He rocks. Okay. I'll give him an interview. And then we realize, you say to him, dude, before you go to the next interview, we have to work on your resume because that was awful. I'll call my friends at Manager Tools, call Wendy, because <laughs> that was terrible. Right? You can do that. But without the network, no. and so many people in the technical world don't have the network, it's just a heartbreaking situation where somebody might be great, but we can't tell. And we can't assume in the positive. We look for the negative, and with enough negatives, the, the, the cart tips over. Right? Mm-hmm. And in this case, we can't assume in the positive, so we assume the negative and we say no. Yeah. Yeah. Cool race, man. Regretful. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, that's so it. two more. Two more. Yeah. Yeah. How many more do we have to go? Uh, I think we have 17 total in this set and we're eight through. So another, about, about another four podcasts in Good. this series. And then we've got a whole bunch more. If you are enjoying them and you want us to do more, then let us know and we'll pick some more. We really do hope they're helpful, folks. We're, we, we run the risk of being hated. Uh, it's a risk I'm willing to take and I will protect Wendy. But write us, let us know what you think. Um, tell us about your resume. Tell us about your experience. And for those of you who know your resume has been reviewed, um, if you want help, please let us know. We, we don't want you leaving saying, wow, they were really hard on me. We want you leaving saying, wow, they really helped. Yeah, absolutely. This is what we tell our friends. Thanks, all. Come back next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you.